welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it just two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yes, this week we watched episodes seven and eight of Hospital Playlist Season 2. Woo! Yeah! We're over the halfway mark, Mm -hmm. we're into a new show, but falling back into our old patterns, I guess, yeah, it just seemed like episode six was such a standout episode where... Everything felt new. So now it feels like we're in a whole new show. But same same kind of old things are happening. Except that they're trying to tear apart all of our beautiful, fabulous five main characters. They're like, just emotionally destroy these people in these two episodes. Take them down a notch. Completely wreck them. Change their characters completely. Uh, in just, like, one single episode where we hurt them with everything we can throw at them. And they were doing a very good job. I felt it for the characters. I was hurt. I was offended. Yeah. I don't want this for them. I don't want Che Sung-Hwa, our perfect, beautiful, flawless main character, essentially... To have a flaw. I I don't want want her to be a bad daughter. No, and I don't want her to be a sad daughter either. I want her to only be a happy, flawless daughter. And you know that she's sad that her mom is sick, but I think she's more sad that the doctor who saw her said, Hey, Che Sung-Hwa, you must have noticed because it's instantly obvious when you see your mom. And I know you've seen your mom because... Only a terrible, terrible daughter would have not seen her mom for however long. Totally. So you must have seen her. Roasted her on the phone, but didn't know she was roasting her, but fully roasted her. Hey, it's me, a person who is also a very good doctor, and I saw your mom and I just knew, and I know that you are one of the most talented in your field, so likely you're aware. Likely you saw your mom? And you knew, just like I did, that your mom was sick. Excuse me, ma'am, please get off the phone. Stop roasting Chase Ma. <laughs> She's very busy. Leave her alone. Also, they did do some setup work with her, uh, I don't know, her status with her mother, where she talks about how she knows that it's not great to be annoyed to have her mom ask about work. But as soon as the words come... And I... I don't know, maybe this is a big, broad brush I'm painting with to make myself feel better, but we've all had that with our moms, right? Where we love them infinitely and knows no bounds. My mother is top two favorite people, you know? (laughs) I I love her so much. Mm -hmm. She, you know, is also my mom, and every once in a while, especially... As an independent woman, maybe there's a conversation she wants to have that I'm not ready to have. And it might be mundane. I might be wondering why we're having this conversation. And because for some reason we show the people we love the most, the worst of us, I just get annoyed and Uh try and shut it down. And I know she will always love me. So I continue to be, you know, the pits every once in a while. Um, so we've all been there. It's very relatable that she is on the phone with her mom saying, mom, I've got to go. I have shit to do. I'm very busy. Bye. I'll call you later. 
when there's a better time for this, but at the end of the day, maybe there isn't a better time. Maybe it's just a sore spot or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just so relatable, but also <laughs> they took something relatable and they were <laughs> they said, what if we make it your worst fear? Because you can relate to this feeling. Now, what if this person you love so much that you often show the worst of yourself to or allow yourself to become impatient with, but they're still among your favorite people. What if they had just a debilitating disease? Hey, hospital playlist. <laughs> hey, guys, don't. <laughs> don't do this. Don't make the moms cry. It's all we ask. Yeah. We have been asking for the moms to not be crying for a long time now. For since this entire podcast started. And Hospital Playlist said, we hear you, but that is the best way to hurt people, is make the moms cry. <laughs> yeah, these two episodes, they really took it took it back. They were like, we'll just have one, one baby. One baby that we maybe kill off. And that is peripheral. We don't even meet the baby. It's just Kim Jun-won having a meeting with a mom where he says, your baby's not going to make it. We're all very sad. It's a terrible scene. And then we move on. And then the show says, pivot. <laughs> hey, guys, we've done enough with the babies. It's time to pivot. We're doing old people now. We're killing off old people. Not a great alternative. No. not We don't want this. Hospital playlist, let's just leave people alone. They even brought back the daddy long legs patient that had successfully escaped to the hospital. <laughs> Don't make him sad. Don't bring him back and his sweet little son. Why are you hurting us and these people? Hospital playlist? Because the babies were a lot, and we said no more babies, and then you said, okay, moms, but not just patients, moms. Also main character moms. <laughs> Nobody's off limits. Nobody is safe. <laughs> you think Rosa is safe? Raquel was so right. <laughs> you were so right. You they only gave us these beautiful parents and their lovely relationships so that they could take them away from us. Yep, they. I knew they would leverage them against us because they're aging people in a hospital show. And I just knew, I just felt in my bones, oh, this is going to hurt. They are going to make me care and then make me sad. And they did that. They did that. They didn't hit Director Jew, which I appreciate. Yet. Thank you. I could not handle losing him, but they, they're trying to take Rosa away. And they did. Oh, man. I, because I expect when they really, you know, hit us hard with that storyline, as I expect them to do so, I expect them to go all the way. But they actually, introducing the potential of. Alzheimer's is pretty insidious because that is a really, really, really sad, scary disease that affects people in, you know, a, such a unique way because there's no other disease I can really think of that takes someone away before it takes them away, right? Mm -hmm. And it's heartbreaking and I have... I don't have my own personal experiences with it, but I have very, very close loved ones who have experienced it with watching their own loved ones go through it, and it's heartbreaking and difficult. So when they decided to introduce that, 
immediately I was... I couldn't even process... I had to pause the show for a, a little bit when Aww. she said, I think I have Alzheimer's, when she was talking to her her best bud. Jungsu. Yeah, Jungsu. And I, I had to pause it and walk away for a little bit because I didn't realize that they would make me so scared or that they could. I didn't know that that was a thing that could make me feel so much. And then they said it and I said, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, and it was so, like you said, so beautifully laid out, such as they do with this show. But like you said, with Songhua's storyline, they do the same thing with Rosa, where she just occasionally forgets something, and you get so worried about her. And then she has this conversation with Jiangsu, where everything comes together, and you finally realize what's happening. And it's just heartbreaking to see how scared she is. And then it's so heartbreaking to see how scared her son is for her and that he receives this news with her that that's not what she has, but that she thought she had Alzheimer's and she didn't tell him. And he's so crushed over that. I think that was one of the saddest moments of these episodes was just watching his reaction of my mom didn't tell me that she was so scared that this was happening. I think that's relatable too, because obviously it's so much easier to just try and strong arm and go through things alone, but you don't know how much that will hurt the people who want to be there for you and be there with you. Oh, fully. I've been on both sides of that before, where I've been both the person who just hides my fears and mental health issues and the person who realizes they didn't know how bad things were getting for a loved one. And both are rough. Both are rough. Mm -hmm. Oh, wouldn't wish it on anyone. Mm -mm. That was, yeah, such a well done storyline. And we all hated it. So please stop. Yep. Thank you. Those were probably the two toughest storylines in the whole... I mean, obviously, there's some patient storylines that are pretty tough. But that's yeah. tip, that's hospital playlist typical. <laughs> um, that's the stuff they are allowed to hit us with. Yeah. I don't know. When June Wan, at some point in episode 7, he's eating alone at his house and he drops everything on the floor... That was heartbreaking and so subtle, I think. Yeah, that he's not doing so hot. And I, once again, I keep on saying it. It's because they've done such a realistic job with how these characters handle stuff and how they interact with the world. It's so subtle, like you said, but I thought that was so relatable because I have, in my times, eating alone and being lonely and you open the fridge and there's nothing in there but you're hungry and there's not any energy left in you to go and figure out making a meal or finding a meal so you just maybe you pull that tortilla out of the fridge <laughs> you know just the one sad tortilla you just eat that one maybe you microwave it to make it a warm meal <laughs> oh no <laughs> i guess that's one benefit of meeting your soulmate at 16, is that <laughs> you always want to feed them, so there's always something in the fridge. Yeah, and you work together, and if one of you doesn't have the energy to put that in the fridge, then the other probably does, hopefully. Mm -hmm. 
You just, you do it for each other. Even if neither of you have the energy, you're like, we got to do this. I'll do it for you. I won't do it for myself, but I'll do it for you. Yeah. And so that's my little brag about how I've (laughs) never once been lonely. Um, Lately, as we've been going through some stuff and I've been mostly the support system, I will say I kind of dropped the ball, but I'm always there to help choose what food we're going (laughs) to order, you know? Like, maybe I don't have that food in the fridge, but boy howdy, have we ordered at least once in the past month literally $50 worth of Taco Bell. That is not an exaggeration. It was $51 and... 67 cents worth of Taco Bell. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, but maybe better than a microwave tortilla? Definitely. Yeah. And you're also working full time. I've never had to be a support system while working full time. So it's a lot easier for me to be like, I guess I'll go since <laughs> I've only been in the house today and didn't do anything. It's like, yeah, it's your turn to go to the store. <laughs> That's literally the least you can do for this family. Fine. I'm going to spend your money, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the universe took my husband away. I was too privileged. I had it too good. Send him to Japan. Send him to Japan alone. Japan jail. Now <laughs> he can experience the life of eating one warm tortilla for dinner. It really feels like he's the one being punished. Maybe he betrayed his country in a past life. Who are we to say? Who's to say? Um, I do want to clarify that he is not in jail in Japan. No, that's fair. Yeah. He's in his apartment, our apartment that we built as a family, and now he has to live in alone. Waiting for the day. <laughs> See you soon. Should we Should we pick up the mood a little, a little bit. bit? That said, okay, <laughs> before we pick up the mood, we have definitely... No, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. Okay. I will say, I will try to do it... In the most um, maybe concise way possible. We'll see. But I do want to just kind of lead into it. You know how sometimes we talk about topics that we have no right or authority to? I guess. We soapbox a little bit and we decide that we just have the answers or our feelings are fact or whatever. Yeah, I think we've done that. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to do that really quick, and I just wanted to preface it with that, uh, so everyone just knows ahead of time that I know that maybe <laughs> this is not the best or correct I'm so nervous. Time, time and place for this conversation. Please never ever, as a doctor, as a parent, as an aunt, uncle family friend, you know, any relation you have, if you have any voice of authority when speaking to children, never make it about their weight. Ever, ever, ever. I was so disappointed that our boy Jungwon just really was hammering home how much this little boy needed to lose weight. I don't... If you're framing the conversation perhaps as... Hey, uh, is there an exercise you love to do? That's what I prescribe you. Go out and get exercise. Or what's your favorite food that isn't 
fried. Do you have a really cool food that maybe not... Do you love sweet potatoes, maybe? Those are fun, like candy. You know, just making an effort to emphasize health without just driving home multiple times at multiple points in the conversation that this child is overweight because it just sucks. It just sucks to put that in any kid's mind at all. I think that it is 100 and like 100% and entirely possible to have a conversation about health and exercise and living a healthy lifestyle that doesn't involve weight. And maybe that comes with maybe the loss in weight comes with, you know, a changed exercise and, and diet and lifestyle change. And maybe it doesn't because some people just have different bodies. And who are we to assume that any health issue has to do with it? Because I think a lot of health issues get overlooked in people who are overweight. Um, fat people. I mean, it's not even a bad word. It Fat people. I think it gets, you know, stuff gets overlooked. You give people terrible body dysmorphia when you make it about weight instead of health. When you just keep saying, wait, 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 lose weight, exercise to lose weight, eat different to lose weight instead of exercise to get healthy, eat healthy to feel better. You know, I just, oh, I was so mad for that whole conversation because it was otherwise very cute because he was telling that kid to advocate for himself and and letting the mom know hey you know he he knows his symptoms pretty well and i think he can have this conversation with me and i i just want to see what he's up to and how he's feeling and what he's interested in and let him advocate for himself uh with his medical provider totally awesome everything else about that conversation but i was so mad that he just, I think three or four times in the conversation, said, can't wait to see you again. And when we do, hopefully you've lost weight and you gotta be exercising so you can lose weight. And what sports do you like? Because you need to be sure to lose weight. And I just hated it. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk about how we should be having these conversations, even though I'm not an authority. Thank you. Yeah, I think I wasn't quite on board when you first started saying it because I was like, he's a doctor. I think he should, you know, prioritize the kid's health and he probably knows what he's doing. But he's not a doctor. He's an actor in a Korean drama. And it's important for the writers to understand that there are different ways to have these conversations. And I think you made good points of even if we as regular people and not child psychologists and not doctors, even if we don't know necessarily how to have these conversations in the best ways, it's important to try, to try and research how to have better conversations with kids about health. Because, yeah, I think, like I said, my impression of that scene, one, was it was very Korean drama. Yeah. Uh, We've seen a lot of fat shaming in Korean dramas over the years. And as far as fat shaming, I think that was a pretty tame one. Yeah. But yeah, there are so many better ways that he could have had that conversation with that patient as far as framing it not about what you look like and what you weigh, but what's going on inside and how to better help yourself health-wise. I think you made a lot of good points. 
I was fully on board by the end. Like you said, I don't think it's a soapbox that we necessarily have enough information about, that we are the figures of authority. Like, no. <laughs> do do your own research, especially if you're worried about your own kid's health. Do not just go to them and say, like, hey, I think we need to lose weight, so let's get on that. No. Yeah. Let's start start there. Uh don't make it about weight, make it about health, and then Google the rest. Talk to a child psychologist, figure something else out, figure out how to, how to best support your kid if you're worried that their health is at risk because of their weight. Because yeah, there are people in my life who are very judgmental of fat people, very into fat shaming, especially children. I'm like, I think children don't necessarily have the command over what they eat and when they have access to food and when they have access to exercise activities, what their home life is like, that you can make these judgments about their health for them. It's insane to me. Yeah. And I, I know, especially in the past couple of years, I've realized a lot of, I don't know, just difference in nutrition education that a lot of people receive, because that isn't part of our... I think it's supposed to sort of be, but it isn't really on a deeper level part of our education system, at least here in the States. And I, a lot of the stuff I learned was from actually taking extra credits in high school. I I took a college course on nutrition in high school, and I had that available to me. Not everyone does. Or, you know, not everyone would think to to do so or have access to that or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, if that's an elective class, yeah. then you might not take it. Or some, some people have different access to, you know, maybe different access from their parents. Sometimes parents weren't educated on nutrition, and then they became parents, and they, you know, provided meals and a safe space for their kids, and they're still fucking awesome parents, and they're not worse parents for not having the the skill set to provide nutritional education for their kids, right? So yeah, to just pass that judgment on an entire family or on a group of kids or whatever. And even then, I scratched the surface with the one college course I took on nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. I I barely know, and I just know that leafy greens are high in iron or whatever, right? But uh-huh. that's good to know. You're supposed to eat salads, like, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. And especially with... <laughs> Let's get into it capitalism and America and all that stuff of like (laughs) people in poverty can't afford the types of food that are good for you and they don't have the time to cook do not judge people especially people that you know just don't have these opportunities to provide those types of meals for their family and then you watch their kids gain weight and you're judging their kids like are you kidding me there's no opportunities for these entire family, let alone their child, yeah. to be able to have access to the types of food that are better for their health. Like, I don't know. Oh, 
I, yes. We, I honestly, this is one of those, you know, um, sensitive, it, obviously it touched a nerve. And then I said, I am going to drag Emily in with me. <laughs> <laughs> My nerves are on fire. I'm going to light Emily's on fire too. Here we are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely wanted to call that out. And also, yes, I, I don't know. I'm just stoked that we could could do a little vent sesh on that bad boy because yeah, I think we're in agreement and it just sucks. And it is a big thing with Korean dramas that even the ones that do frame, uh, I mean, the one I can think of is Oh My Venus. And there were still a lot of weak, it was a product of its time. It's been a couple of years, you know, and they did good with some stuff and not so great with other stuff. And, but also this one's about like pediatric, doctors and surgeons <laughs> and so i guess i just i'm gonna hold them to a lot higher standard maybe than i did oh my venus that was about a beautiful woman and her beautiful personal trainer and their journey <laughs> and their journey into romance yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's fair i wish there was a little more representation on this show i'm looking forward to that in season three <laughs> getting some different body types Getting some different conditions. Just let's 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 get more more colors of the rainbow in season three. Yeah, and uh, not immediately shame them for their weight. <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> Think about it. Consider, please. Um, if we're getting mad, I'm gonna take it back half a step. Okay, but still stay in the angry zone. Okay. <laughs> we started with sad. We're in the angry. I I was slightly frustrated that Junwan and Jungwan would not have a conversation about how they were both having a hard time. That's frustrating to me. Yeah. I was so much more frustrated that Gyoul and Jungwan would not have a conversation. Hi, I'm going to quit this show. Yeah. Uh what was I I was initially confused at the end of episode 6. When she bounced and was like, I'll tell you all about it later. You know, it just feels like maybe you give him a call on your way to the airport or on the way to anywhere. Traveling is a great time to when you're kind of passively sitting, not doing a thing. It's a great time to uh, give your your boyfriend who you don't know this but was ready to propose to you good time to give him a call just say hey so listen my mom's not doing so hot that's why i'm bouncing even though you've checked like four times to make sure i remembered this so i know that tonight is important to you i just i do have to go take care of this here's the situation great time to have a conversation and then him just completely oh well you were having a your mom was sick so i couldn't tell you my mom was sick no you want to propose to this person you don't have to expect them to be there but you can say hey i know you have your stuff i just want to give you a heads up i might not be as available i'm so sorry if you do need anything please don't hesitate but also my mom also yes also bad my mom's in the hospital i just want you to know (laughs) none of that None from either side. Please. I'm choking on my words. <laughs> uh, just 
say something, you idiot. <laughs> Do you even like each other? This is step one. This is the first small hurdle you're going over. I understand that family things might feel more private. I get I genuinely don't understand. I lied. I don't understand. Because <laughs> as we've said, I met my partner when I was 16. We kind of grew up in each other's families. Like when you meet that young, you just know each other's families. We're very close. So I don't understand. I don't understand this like well like, it's with my mom or it's with my siblings and you don't really know them you've only met them once so i'm not gonna tell you that's a family thing excuse you yeah this, what? this person loves you and you're not gonna let them in you shouldn't in that them. way yeah especially considering how much i mean it clearly isn't overstepping if rosa herself was losing her mind with excitement over the fact that Yul came to visit. Yeah. So obviously, everyone's kind of ready for you guys to be part of each other's families. I totally get Yul saying, I don't want their first meeting. I don't want my boyfriend meeting my mom while she is in the hospital, probably all bruised up because... I'm pretty sure we all know it was a domestic abuse case and not that she tripped and fell. But And I get that. I get that she's like, I don't want you guys to meet right now. But you can't just lie and say, oh, my mom's fine. Everything's good. I'm good. I'm just not going to talk to you for like a week. And I hope that's okay. It is not, my guy. (laughs) No. Nope. I mean, I guess if you're busy, we don't have to talk, but you do have to tell me what's going on before you ghost for a week. Yeah, because this is a pretty serious relationship. Is it? <laughs> is it? I want it to be. I was. In I my mind, it, was. it is. Yeah. I thought it was. And then, yeah, taking it back to Jun Wong and Jung Wong. Like, okay. Are you guys not best friends and roommates? Can you guys... I have... It is kind of starting to push it for me that Junwon has just let no one into his pain. Just no one. He has not... He has been handling this solo mish, and it is wrecking him. And he had the perfect opportunity to say, Hey, my girlfriend broke up with me, and it was also Ikjun's sister, and also I'm not okay. And I know that you clearly are not okay also too as well, based on the fact that we're both sitting here in a mostly dark room being not okay. But, uh, you know, I've been suffering quietly with this for a couple, I don't know, weeks, months now. It's been probably been a couple months now. And I think it's time that I go ahead and open up to my best friend and roommate or one um, a person among my best friends and roommate. And then there's the, like, that moment I wanted so badly. I wanted so badly because both of them needed it. But then there's the moment where he's in the car with Ik Jun and Ik Soon calls and Ik Jun just has to pretend like he doesn't know anything. He's just like, oh, hey, my sister's back in town. Did you did you not know? That's pretty cool, right? Oh, my God nauseating you guys just the worst just the most painful moment and obviously Junwan is not doing okay with it and 
Ikjun is also kind of not okay, and he's pretty good at navigating most social situations, and even that was a little much for him. It felt reminiscent of Che Sung-hwa telling Young Suk-hyung, you have to be mad. You have to show that you care about, in that case, his ex-wife, by getting mad at her and saying, you don't steal from my mom. That's a crazy thing to do. You want Lee Jun in that moment in the car to hang up the phone and look at Jun Wan and also look at the road, mostly look at the road, <laughs> but to say, okay, I know you dated my sister and I get to be mad about it. I'm sorry you're sad and I'm sorry that this is how you find out that she's back in the country way sooner than you thought she would be. That sucks for you. I'm going to let you be sad. But first, I get to be mad. Yeah, let's just have this out. Just have it out. So I'll be mad really quick, and then let me be there for you, because this feels like just adding salt to a continuously open and hemorrhaging wound just all the time, because you are not getting better, my guy. You have been (laughs) sad for a long, long time now. And I get that my sister's great, but also... I have never had the chance to be pissed at both of you for lying. Yeah, because she's also, she's sick. So So I don't get to be mad at her. I haven't. But I'd like to be mad at you. Allowed to be mad about this, and it does suck. That's part of their relationship. He steals the Oreos later, and they have a little hair-pulling fight. That's a thing that they do. And obviously, Oreos is a much smaller deal than dating someone's sister secretly. But I think it showed that that was part of their relationship. That's what they do. They fight and they make up. And so this big thing between them, this moment that they show us where they're not fighting, where Lee Ik-jun chooses to just ignore the awkwardness in the car, is awful. Completely unbearable. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And the ending of episode eight was, I don't know. I just, there were so many other storylines that actually hurt me. And so when they make eye contact, there's almost just a part of me that's glad. And I think she should just have to fess up because I'm a little bit sick of Ixun shit. So. Fair. But yeah, they, uh, that whole, I don't even know what to, uh, he's not doing all right. And I don't think this is going to be better, necessarily. Maybe it will, though. Maybe this is, like, the breaking point where we now enter into healthy communication land. Is it Mm -hmm. too much to ask? Is it too much to ask that they have some sort of a relationship, even if it's her saying, hey, I can't handle a relationship, but I'm super sick, and I lied to you. And I don't know what to do about it. And him saying, hey, I really care about you still. And I'm pretty much still head over heels in love with you. Super broken up about this breakup. But I'm here to be a friend and someone that you can confide in. I don't know. (laughs) I just want friendships, I guess. (gasps) If we can't have relationships. If there's not relationships, can we all just be best friends who support each other through our pain? Um... It's a good segue, but I'm also fine with, are we, do we still need, do you want to be mad about this? you want a segue? No, I'm okay. Okay. I've let it off my chest. Okay. 
Yeah, I think I got all of my anger about that entire shitty situation out as well. (laughs) I feel like I've sworn more in this episode than maybe in every other episode of Play on K. Uh, Maybe combined. I'm into it. I'll I'll, I'll still rein it back in. We'll save it for another day. I'm feeling extra spicy. But uh, I do have a couple of things that I loved and segue into supporting each other. Pretty much every storyline... Other than that one that Ikjun was a part of was flawless. I think maybe every episode we have now at this point has just an Ikjun appreciation moment where for (laughs) two or three minutes we just talk about how he is so lovely and charming and wonderful. The way he supported Che Sunghua after she found out about her mother, the, the multiple ways he supported her had me floored he chef kiss couldn't have been done better couldn't be a more perfect character couldn't be a better man he is the best of us a god among men i cannot believe how good that man is and they wrote this character into this mostly realistic but still korean drama world that is just he is a bit unbelievable, right? That he is so yeah. lovely. He's the most fictional part of this entire show. <laughs> Through it all, Lee Ik-jun is the most unbelievable part. But it's fun. I feel like it relieves a lot of the stress tension that we get from a lot of the other storylines to see this magical, wonderful man just be perfect in every way. Yep. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Because he... uh. He has support down, especially where where it comes to Che Sung-hwa, and we love a supportive best friend. We love it. No expectation. He's not out here trying to woo her. I think it's working, but he's not out here <laughs> trying to woo her. <laughs> he just wanted to make sure that no one put anything else on her plate, so he stood outside of her office and handled everything that came to her door, and then surprised her with a gift at the end. And Ugh. that was just one of the things he did. Dropped everything to drive her to see her mom. They went camping they together. Went camping, and he was so excited, and Wuju was oh. so excited. Oh, and oh, the last thing was the security guard. He was the support man for the security guard, a character we didn't even know we needed. Yeah. Who crept in during another Leak June social fest where he just. <laughs> Had a conversation with every person in the hospital and knows what their job is and who their family is and what they've been up to these past couple weeks. And Adorable. Ugh. How? We love to see it. Yeah. And we don't know how it works. And we just, we love it. It's a good, <laughs> like I said, it's a good stress reliever for the rest of the show. He's just so perfect. Yes, he's lovely. I love him. I love him. We also had the very heartwarming storyline where Gil is the favorite doctor of this one family. I don't know what that's about, but I I need more of it. It's adorable. It's so cute, especially how far she's come that it just kind of makes her a dynamic character who, when the series started, she felt very awkward around her patients, and she was a wealth of knowledge, but maybe not a wealth of charisma. And she's learned and adapted and improved her bedside manner and has become the absolute favorite. This man was going to starve himself 
in going into his surgery until he knew that she would be there and he was over the moon the pouting the grown man pouting of, <laughs> i'm not gonna eat i'm not even hungry until dr jong walks in oh that is so precious and she hasn't had some complete turnaround where she's an unrecognizable character she's still fairly awkward they just love her, and I love that for her. Yes. Oh, perfection. Um, yeah, that was really cute. <laughs> but the light of my life is always going to be Mina. I knew that you were going to say that, and I got so excited. I, I didn't <laughs> think we could make it out of this episode without talking about her, because she is so lovely. She does. She, every storyline with her is my favorite now. <laughs> She first bumps into Dr. Young's mom. Oh, I which hated I think that. Is, <laughs> it's such a K-drama moment, though. It is. It's so perfect. As <laughs> I think this show escapes so many tropes and just bypasses them perfectly. And I love that they had one that they just leaned into where the mom, the anal retentive overbearing mother says I'm not gonna do anything about my son's love life he can date whoever he wants and then a girl does something minuscule to bother her and she's like he can date anyone except that girl so k-drama yeah and it is the girl that if he was to date anyone that is his current love interest of course it is of Of course course it is also though as much of a delightfully dramatic k-drama moment it was pretty much outside of her friendship with rosa her opinion is meaningless to me yeah she's awful yeah i hate her so much (laughs) (laughs) i want her to grow i want her to be the dynamic character that we're all hoping for and so far all we get is more love for rosa as rosa stands up to her and says, you can't be like this. You cannot exist as a human being the way that you are, because <laughs> I hate it. We can be friends as soon as you change your entire personality. <laughs> Cut this shit out right now. Uh, just makes you like Rosa more. Yeah, pretty much. She is definitely top three favorite characters, which mm. made you know these episodes all the harder, as previously stated. <laughs> oh. And then we get Minha being scolded and eventually talking to her teddy bear about it. And then at the end of episode eight, we get her being hospitalized for cramps, I think. Like, geez, women problems. (laughs) We've all had them. Most of the time we aren't hospitalized for them, but sometimes it feels like we should be. And this woman does get hospitalized for them and wakes up. To Dr. Yang at her bedside, which, my heart. In a trench coat. Oh my god. Standing in the corner <laughs> of the curtained sectioned off. Just watching. <laughs> tiny, I, tiny cubicle she has. Yeah. I would all, I, you know, it's the man that she's she loves. She's very infatuated with this man. In that sense, oh, of course my heart skipped a beat. In the sense that... Their countenance together is comically awkward in a good way. I commend them. They're doing a great job of making me still root for this couple and also making them the most awkward people. (laughs) 
Impossible. <laughs> I was I was simultaneously delighted and crawling out of my skin. Heart skips a beat, exit my body, soul leaves. <laughs> I know what you're saying, and I'm almost fully there with you. I'm so into it. I'm so invested in the relationship that I do not crawl out of my skin. But I know exactly what you mean. They really push the line with this couple being the awkward couple. <laughs> I love it, though. I'm fully invested. I don't care how weird their scenes are. They just bring me such delight. Yeah, it was very good. Because that's the thing, right? Is she, back in the day, it was a bit of a callback to when Gyul was hospitalized for her allergic reaction. That was an allergic reaction to a medication she took for cramps. Okay, actually, hospital playlist. I do have some notes. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe I like that you're calling out that periods can be a very difficult time and the physical symptoms of them aren't great. And sometimes they can feel like an actual full on illness. A little bit, a lot. A little bit, a lot, a lot, a lot, that you are having all of these women faint during their periods, uh, you know. I don't see. I feel like this is another area I don't know enough about. I should just keep my mouth shut, but I'm not going to. I would guess that 90 pound women have more issues with their menstrual cycles, Mm. maybe some iron deficiencies. Let's get some meat on these bones, and hopefully, like you said, I guess I guess I shouldn't make it about weight. I just did take out what I just said <laughs> and just make it about health, okay? About I'm health. worried about these tiny, tiny women, and they're fainting, and they're cramping. They're severe cramps. Yeah, it is. Let's get a doctor in here. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, so I think that's where it gets me, right? Is It's these women who are doctors who one of them didn't know that she was allergic to the pain medication you take when you uh, are trying to relieve menstrual cramps. And then, yeah, another one, I guess I didn't... Maybe I missed it because I didn't even know it was for cramps and now I've really latched onto this. But I don't know. It's just real suspect to me that... <laughs> They're making all of these female doctors faint, you know, do kind of a damsel thing, but they're revolving it around periods. It's a a little bit a lot. I've said it once, I'll say it again. (laughs) I've said it once, I'll say it again. I'm a sucker for a damsel in distress, and I know that makes me the worst feminist. (laughs) It does go both ways. I love a damsel in distress who is a man saved by a woman. But dang, I'm all for that trope. I'm the worst. Just give it to me all the time. Put her in the <laughs> hospital bed and have Dr. Young there when she wakes up. It's all I want to see. Yeah. And yeah, it was a callback to when Kyu-ul woke up and Minha let her know that Jung-won knew that she had been in the hospital and if he cared, he would be there. And he secretly was. But also... He secretly was. Look, but also, is that enough? Is that... St- Wait, is that So Kyung here in the uh in my hospital? I think I'm more in my- I think we're married. I think we're married now. Is this the fifth time I'm asking you out right here right now? I think it is. Go out with me, please. Oh, I ship it so hard that my heart hurts. <laughs> I look forward to their 
inevitable and fantastic and incredibly awkward love that they will share. <laughs> so much. I All I hope is that he proposes in a pink suit. Because An Jung-won's pink suit might have been the highlight out of all the things in these episodes. Him planning to propose in a pink suit is just such a lovely choice. I love him so much. I love him so much. All of these characters. They're so, so good. good. <laughs> Put them all in pink suits. It's all we ask. Or metallic suits. Sometimes they wear a silver suit. Maybe not to propose. That's more of like what you wear to the wedding. Pink but is why? for proposals. Why did you go to the wedding? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing at the wedding? <laughs> Hospital playlist, you have one unanswered question from season one. We'd just like to circle back. <laughs> Can we talk about that time with the silver suit? If you are also hung up on the silver suit, you can email us. Unless you have something to say. Do you want no. to say anything else, Raquel? Okay, you no, can no, no. email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website where you can comment directly on our webisodes. <laughs> <laughs> have to ruin it every time. <laughs> you can comment directly on our webisodes. You can sign up for our newsletter. Um, it's some other stuff. Uh, talk about silver suits. You know, drop that joke in there ungracefully because now webisodes <laughs> is the thing. Uh, it's playonk.com. <laughs> If you want to find us at Twitter, we're at PlayOnK, or we're on Instagram at PlayOnK Podcast. And truthfully, mostly we do not get on our social medias. I'm so sorry. It's They're just so addicting that I try and stay off of them, period. But if you add us, we'll try and get back to you, because we love you and we appreciate you. Mwah. Yeah. And um, I think that that is almost it. We're just, you know... You're streaming us from a place right now, and most of those places that you listen to podcasts give the option to rate, review, or subscribe, or some combination of those things, and doing any combination really helps us out. It helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. Yeah, thank you as always for listening. Please join us next week for episodes 9 and 10 of Hospital Playlist Season 2. Yeah, K-Bye. K-Bye.